You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops podcast, brought to you by Sound Talent Media, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. Today is a very special Vox and Hops episode because it is an extra Vox and Hops episode. I normally drop two episodes a week, but today's is a special one because as of today, at the Overhop Canada Brewery in Saint-Jean-sur-la-Richelieu, you can go and pick up the Vox and Overhops Double Dry Hop New England IPA, the collaborative brew between Vox and Hops and Overhop Canada in celebration of Vox and Hops's second anniversary. Uh, it is available today. This is a glorious Double Dry Hop New England IPA. I am so stoked about it. The can art is super dope, and the beer inside it is even doper. Go and pick it up. Tell me what you think about it. I am super, super excited about it. In honor of this collaboration, I sat down with Patty Rios of Overhop Canada during our brew day. Get ready, people. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 203. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everybody? Today I'm with Patty Rios of Overhop Canada. I am super stoked to be with you because uh, this is actually an in-person interview, people. I haven't done one of these uh, in a very, very long time. And we are together because uh, it is our brew day for our collab. The Vox and Overhops Double Dry Hop New England IPA is being created today. So I had to sit down with you and have a chat with you because uh, I always wanted to. So how are you doing, Patty? Welcome to our house. Thanks very much for taking this long trip to come here. I'm very happy to be brewing this beer with you. I am sure it's going to be amazing. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, for everyone listening right now, that beer came out today, as I probably mentioned in the intro, and I'm going to mention in the outro, and I will tell you where to go pick it up because it's going to be awesome. I know it. I'm seeing into the future. Uh, (laughs) Some people might think uh, that they've heard some of these questions before if they watched me and Patty together on the virtual roundtable discussion that I hosted for La Mondiale. But I think it's important to go through it again. So let's start with a complex yet very fun question. Especially for you guys, how have you been coping with 2020, Patty? Oh my gosh! Seriously, we haven't seen this year. I think like everybody else, uh, but we are lucky enough to be super busy because it's our launch. Was our launch right? So we were busy enough in the beginning of the year with the construction work and everything, and then we got even busier after we opened. And uh, again, we are super lucky that our industry is an, an essential. <laughs> type of industry um we kept our bubble just me tatiana and, and the brewers and uh two just two brewers and my husband so we don't we didn't really see anybody else uh, um uh, apart from from us and um after we started to to be able to sell here in our boutique we took all the measurements we take all the measurements to to, to keep everybody safe but uh, i can't complain you know i can't complain it's been um, a very good year for, year for us we finally have our house we finally have our independency 
and um, I truly hope it's gonna be better next year. <laughs> it has to be, but it, it is true. You you uh, you mentioned that you have your your house. You guys finally have your own brewing facility, and that was something that happened very early in 2020. Uh, before that, uh, I, I want to go through your whole beer story because I know it because I have heard it from you before. But I think it's important to paint the picture for everyone out there because I think it's such a beautiful story, and I love how craft beer has almost guided your life. <laughs> yeah. And I was blown away when I heard everything. So take me back to cooking and then finally transitioning into making your own brews because you realized how expensive beer was. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your brewer story? Why do you make craft beer? Yeah, so I was introduced to craft beer uh, first with my father because he used to travel a lot um, around the world. He's he, he's a retired from Navy. He used to bring... Um, alcohol from all over the world home so i i i've always seen those you know alcohol from all over at home but then when i was 23 i lived in new york i i my friends were home brewers when i went back home i was always looking for um craft beer to match with my food because i love cooking it's a tradition in my family too and uh, my husband used to drink only commercial beers, and he finally uh, fell in love with uh, craft beer, too. Um, and we were spending so much money with beer that we decided to learn how to brew, and we actually ended up spending 10 times more <laughs> just to buy all the ingredients, all the equipment and the space we had in our porch that was for the kids just became uh, a, a fridge a whole a big fridge full of fridge and um so we we did fall in love we started brewing with a group of friends and um we were going to championships uh for home brewers when we were getting all the medals and that's when we thought maybe we should try to set up a br um, a brand and see and test the market um, so that's how, how we started. We took, we took our beers to Mondial de la Bière. We contract brew four recipes, Hazy, Dark Hop, Hop Goddess, and um, Sweet Sophia. It was a huge success. We got two medals at that festival at Mondial de la Bière. And at that time, Overhop was born. And that's when we met people from Mondial de la Bière in Montreal. So it was all at the same time. It's hard to explain our... Our story, we for us, is confusing too. So, but that's what it is. It's amazing. It's it's a, such a beautiful story. The fact that you guys, being in Brazil, Mondial de la Bière, having a Brazilian festival happening, uh, you guys. This is in 2016, I believe. 2016, yes. You guys win a bunch of medals there with a hazy New England, which 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 nobody was making at the time. Nobody, yeah. Where did that come from? Where where did that that hazy beer idea come from? What what is the difference between the Brazilian craft beer scene and the North American one, the Quebec one, for instance? The the Brazilian craft beer scene now is about 10 years old. Well, it, it's getting much bigger now, but I can say that for the last seven years, it's been already huge. Uh, there's always room to grow, right? Because we drink beer all the time. We, I, I, I can tell you that we drink much more than Quebecers, and Quebecers drink a lot. <laughs> but in Brazil, it, beer is not even seen as a drug. It's seen as everyday liquid. It's nobody sees the danger of beer. I also 
think we have less problems, less alcohol, alcohol, alcoholic problems. I call alcohol, alcoholism. Alcoholic, alcoholism, yeah. <laughs> and um, because it's cultural, you know, we drink beer in the bus stop, in the beach, in the parks, everywhere in the streets. So um, I, I think there's much more room to grow in Brazil. The, the craft beer market is growing every day more and more. The hazy, where did the hazy come from? Okay, so in the beginning, everybody was just brewing German beers or Belgian because they're the most traditional, right? Sometimes uh, English uh, IPAs and uh, and uh, stout porters, just these basic ones. And then a friend of ours went to the United States. One of my uh, uh, homebrewing uh, colleagues, he went to the United States. He saw that and he managed to brew to take the from to bring the the yeast hmm. back home. So that was like a secret, secret, yes. <laughs> clandestine <laughs> and, uh, mission. Yes. And as, as a tropical place, we grow up, we grow up drinking um, fresh uh, fruit juice. It's every, in every corner, there is a fruit uh, juice bar. You can have orange juice, passion fruit, pineapple, mango, all the Brazilian fruits everywhere. And then when, when I first smelled the beer that smelled like all the fruits I knew in my, you know, in my life, I'm like, what the heck is this? Like, it's an explosion of uh, flavors and the taste is even better. Of course, people will, would fall in love with that. And um, people see us, they think about hazy, right? They... It's it's impossible not to fall in love with this salad fruit. It's amazing. It's amazing. And, and, and in 2016 here in Quebec, I don't think anybody, maybe a few were onto the whole hazy game. I'm thinking Les Trois Muscatires, maybe, uh, Vox Populi, maybe a few others. But I, 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 you guys were definitely avant-garde in that. How did you end up here in, in Canada? How did I end up here? Yeah. We, um, as I said, I lived in New York. My husband grew up in France. We got a chance. We got a chance to live in France together too. And uh, we knew there was a world outside Brazil that was a much better, sorry, word to raise our kids. And uh, although we love Rio, we are super proud of being Brazilian. We love our culture and everything. It's not, unfortunately, Rio and Brazil is not a safe place to raise your kids anymore. Like. And we didn't see um, a change in the next 20 years. And then 20 years after that, your kids would be grown-ups and um, you would be in the same situation or even a worse situation, economical, and uh, with uh, violence and everything. And uh, we were tired of that. We had to act and we decided to immigrate. Uh, we couldn't immigrate to Europe because we don't have like the passport, the only open places were Canada and uh, Australia. Australia is way too far. Yes. <laughs> Sorry, Seaford. <laughs> uh, although I would love to live there. Um, but that was Canada. And uh, I lived in New York. Canada was... I, I had been already to Niagara, to the border. I was scared of the, the cold. But I also like the cold. So <laughs> we did a long research and we made up our minds. Um, I, I, I took a therapy, and I I just I became a lioness. Seriously, I came here with my eyes like 
bleeding to conquer to you know for victory and uh, I never stopped fighting for what I made my mind to to achieve and I'm happy that I'm here now so it's unbelievable how, how much did this coincide with because when you win a medal at Mondial you get invited to come present in the little pub that they have at Mondial in Montreal, the original Mondial. So, so how much of this did it all coincide in time-wise? So, I was already researching about Canada since uh, 2015. Wow. Okay. We that's when we started brewing together. <laughs> and then 2016, we decided to make the overhop uh, register. We took it to Mondial. And uh, we got a medal, but we were already, I was already enrolled in a college here in, in Toronto. Hmm. So at that moment, we were like, okay, we are going together to the branding, to the contract brewing, but we are not going to invest any money in a physical place here. Let's see what's going to happen because I need to get my money to Canada because I don't know how life is going to be there. Um, and it, it was a coincidence, you know, a happy coincidence. The Mondial was from Canada. We were already coming here and um, we put all of our money here in Canada and uh, the way we did with our friends, my friends capped Brazil and we capped Canada. So that's how we work together. We still work together to develop the branding, but we are two separate companies because we, we are in different markets. So we have to work as the market uh, asks, asks us, right? Um, but it, yeah, it was a coincidence. We were already coming to, coming to Canada, you know, those crazy coincidences that you really can't explain how they end up happening. And uh, my husband and I, we don't believe in God. But we kind of believe in energy and um, it's hard to explain, you know, but it's we've had so much uh, happy coincidences that it's it's crazy. It, absolutely. And another one, because we discussed this on our Mondial roundtable, you, you come and present at Mondial here in Montreal and you end up meeting a schlag. Yeah. Who are a ginormous brewery here in Montreal and they contract brew for a bunch of people and you guys developed a relationship there. Yeah. And they, uh, when we met them, they weren't that big at all. They were yeah. also starting. We saw them growing. We grew together with them. Um, and they had space for, for contract brewers. They were looking for contract brewers. And uh, again, another happy coincidence. We made so many good friends. Um, everybody that started together, like Space Public, Avantgarde, Matera, and Shautan, um, we were we all had the chance to to grow together and see what shall I grow into. And uh, uh, as I always say, we, we will always be grateful for Oshlag because what the chance we had here in Quebec, it's uh, unique. It's unique. Absolutely. And, and, and you, we would not be sitting here in your facility if it wasn't for those relationships and, and uh, working with them. And we're about to taste one of your beers that has actually come from here. It's uh, your, your new white New England IPA. What is this beer presented to me, Patty? What is it called? And what's, what's, what's this beer got going on? It's the Scaling Clan. It's a project we always wanted to do here in Canada. And we finally got the chance to do our first, uh, first one of the series. It's a collab with a group of home brewers called Le, Le Clan de Brasseurs. 
It's actually a store. It's a boutique for home brewers here in Saint Jean sur Richelieu. The guys are super beer geeks, <laughs> and they're very talented. And uh, we want to be able to do this more and more with other home brewing groups. So if you if you're listening to me, and if you have a home brewing group, if you want to come and brew in our brewery, just send me a message. Um, we will we're we were willing to do to make this project at least three times a year. So um, we are not big fans of uh, Belgian beers. Mm. Uh, <laughs> to be really honest, we hate it. <laughs> mm. We don't like it at all. Like what, what is it about the Belgians I, that you don't well, like? I, I love, well, I love lumbics. I love sour beers. I love, I, I, I like sour beers, but we don't like the sweetness of... Uh, the triples the quadruples we appreciate when they're well done we know how to judge if a beer is is good but it's not our cup of tea you know we, it's not a beer that we would buy to have it at home um but so that was a challenge for us you know because our brewer gabriel he came from when brew and he's a huge belgian <laughs> fan he since day one he always wanted to brew a belgian beer And uh, when we met with the guys from Le Clans Brasseur, they were like, why don't we do this? You know, let's make a hybrid. And then we could, we could try. And seriously, this is my favorite beer so far, like uh, for this moment. I, I have one every night. I love it. I think it was very interesting. Uh, so it's um, white, Kivake IPA, New England IPA. 6% easy to drink. The Kivake gives a mango profile, super mango profile. The hops, the, the hop that was used, the Lohal Laurel, it's um, also an American tropical type of hop. Cousin of the mosaic um, and um, citra. So it's a, it's a super tasteful and tropical and uh, with the all the grain grease from the Belgian beers and the spices like uh, the um, bitter orange uh, peel, the sweet orange peel, the coriander, the cilantro seeds, which is incredible, um, flavorful, incredibly flavorful. Um, the result is just great. I'm happy. Awesome. Let's see what it's got. Cheers. Cheers. From across the room. So weird not cheersing people. <laughs> Something that I miss dearly. It smells fantastic. Okay. Super, super crushable. Beautiful little hop bite. It's it's so clean. Delicious. That mango from the, the yeast. Just delicious. <laughs> I think it's super cool that you're you're you guys are opening up your doors too to homebrewing clubs. It's yeah, so is that something you wish that you had back in the day or is it an experience that you did have that, that makes you open to it? We did have. So in Brazil, we used to have championships for home brewers. My husband, me, and my partner from Brazil, we used to organize it. Uh, the last edition before COVID, there were 2,000 home brewers together. Wow. All home brewers. It was not like friends or family that were coming, just home brewers. And um, we used to, to, to select one, one style of beer and everybody had to brew the same. And we used to call, we call official judges to, to judge our beers. We got the chance to invite John Palmer, which is a, like a, a home brewing god that wrote the, the book How to Brew, to come to Brazil to judge one of the, those championships. And um, the, usually the winner of those, those championships was going to brew, used to brew a beer in a, in a brewery. Okay. We wanted to do that here too, but we can't. 
in Quebec, it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, Our archaic laws are forbidden. Yes, so we can't do it. So it's a way to do it. So uh, we will call uh, brewers here to brew with us. At least they will have the chance to experiment brewing a bigger system. If they have any any plan to have their own brewery, that's a chance that they have to see how it works. What do you need to have? how much money you need, uh, the time it will take for you to do that and uh, to test the equipment itself, you know, like as contract brews, we've brewed already in so many different breweries that when we had to to um, build our own our own brewery, we knew already what we wanted and what we didn't want. So I think it's an, it's important for everybody that, that wants to start a brewery to have the experience to meet other breweries, right? Mm, that's so, very interesting. So, uh, I think uh, we have home brewing in our veins, you know, we, we support, we think it's the best way to get more people to our, our world. It's when you know how to brew, when you understand how beer is transformed, how, how, how the word is transformed into beer by the East mm-hmm. and how magical hops can, um, can be in the beer. It's, it's beautiful. Absolutely. Tough question. I know you, you love your relationship with your contract breweries. Um, take me to your level of satisfaction. I know for myself, I always parallel to music. Contract brewing is basically you giving your song to musicians in a room. They play your song that you've written, and then you have to release that album, whether you like it or not. Yeah. So talk me through your relationship with the beer that has come out on the market via contract brewing, not just Hushlag, but the other ones that you have done. And, and was it difficult for you to release products at certain moments when you weren't completely satisfied with and you knew that if you had your own facility, you would have done it differently? No, it's not easy at all. <laughs> it's not easy at all. Uh, but it's the perks, you know, it's something you have to go through. Um, it's the, it's the, the con. <laughs> it's the con of being contract brewer. You... Uh, of course, there is a limit. There is a limit of um, of bad beer that you can accept. Not bad beer. That beer that's not in our, in our standards. But we had we had we had our standards, right? If if it is the if if there is the aromatic profile, if there is the haziness, um, it's okay, you know. But some uh, sometimes we had our beers like dry hopped instead of double dry hopped. Mm-hmm. Uh, dry hopped like four times. Because of mistakes. Or, yeah. Yeah. But it's a mistake that doesn't allow us to have any profit. I understand. Yes. You know? Yes, exactly. Yes. And it's, it's another perk. The beer was fantastic. <laughs> it was delicious. It was the best batch ever. <laughs> but man, there was, instead of like 80 kilos of hops, there were 160 kilos of hops. Just, you know, an idea. Mm-hmm. So um, those type of things uh, you, you need to go through. Um, it's the it's the coin (laughs) but at the end of the day do you always have the final say on what goes out onto the market when you are contract brewing yes and no (laughs) depending on the facility we were as i said we we brewed in so many different places in ontario for example Mm, we used to go brew with them and here too in, in in quebec um we do have in the sorry in the contract that um if there is a big mistake, we're not going to pay for that. Okay. 
and uh, if there is if like everybody decides to return the beer yeah they will pay for that too okay okay uh, you mentioned that you want uh, you see home brewers as a way to get people involved in the scene to grow the scene do you think that there's actually enough room for more people to come into the scene because I'm seeing the craft beer scene being very flooded and a lot a lot a lot a lot of breweries starting always more every year I compare it to the world of bands again where there are millions of bands out there but only so many shows that you can play or venues that you can play how do you see the where do you think the bubble is going to go and when is it going to pop for the Quebec craft beer scene? Seriously, there is no, there would be no reason for the bubble to pop if you think if you if you think that we are one percent of the market hmm. of the beer consumers yes. market. So, if we um, the four hundred brewers that are in Quebec, they are like one percent of the beer that is sold in Quebec. So there's no way for us to think that it's going to pop at any time. So um, I think the behavior needs to change. The consumer behavior needs to change. And it's our part, it's our task to change it. So when we established here in Saint-Jean-sur-Richelieu, we wanted to have a blonde, easy drink, drinking beer for our neighbors that were coming here to see, hey, what, what, what's going on here? Yeah, yeah. You're selling beers? You're selling beer? What kind of beer do you have? Oh, I have IPAs. What? No. What's an IPA? <laughs> what's an IPA, right? <laughs> so so first question is, what type of beer do you like drinking? And the same answer always. Blonde, blanche, rousse, noir. Mm -hmm. So at least we have a blonde. And what we did, we used uh, grains from a farm that is right by us. It's beautiful. It's an organic farm. And we used the hops from Laval. Laval, a, a, a farm in Laval. So we wanted to be the most local, as much local as po possible. And uh, yeah, my neighbors changed their Budweiser for, can I say Budweiser here? You say whatever you want. Yeah. Say whatever the fuck you want. <laughs> well, for, um, for a blonde. So that's the consumer behavior changing. Very and then cool. he's like, oh, let me try what else, what else do you have? And then when they taste hazy, they're like, oh, God. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> I like that. So I do have a, a couple of clients, one couple. They're already like in their 70s. They come here every month and they buy me a case of beer. It's amazing. And, they, it's amazing. and she told me after, after I started drinking a beer, I couldn't go back to my, my, my macro mm -hmm. beer anymore. And that's it. You know, you drink less, you drink better. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's return to the, the Vox and Overhops collab that we're brewing today. Uh, take me to that moment where you received that message from me. Take me through everything that went through your mind. How easy was it for you to make the decision to want to do this collab with me for my second anniversary? I was. It was an easy decision for me to write you because we just have such a immediate friendship i felt it uh, we met a year ago a little over a year ago at chambly and just immediate kinship i felt so 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 take me to that moment yeah so i remember when um craig seifer told me he had met you yes uh and that he said hey patty and i have this friend he's a he's a beer blogger a beer vlogger and um he loves hot men and uh, I have to introduce you guys to each other, and I'm sure you're going to love him. And uh, that's what happened. I was <laughs> like, and we, we did have a, like a crush <laughs> with a brand, with our brands, right? 
since day one, and um, I think it makes a lot of sense because we've been talking so much through all this time. We, you support a lot our our business. You 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 wanted to know more about us. You know you like our beers, and um, I had to make room for you. I had to make room for for this collab. I think our publics again. It's a collab that will bring people to your world, and will bring people your people to my world, right? Absolutely. Uh, and that's I've like I've I've shown your videos to so many people that have <laughs> never seen death trash metal ever, and they're all like, "Oh my God, that's cool! That's cool! It's such a nice uh, podcast and the band and everything and." Uh, It makes a lot of sense. I am very, very grateful. I'm super stoked to be here. My first time at the facility. It's beautiful. Everyone come out here. Saint-Jean-Solarie-Chadier and get your overhop going on, people. It's 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 totally, totally amazing. Uh, we're going to wrap this up with metal, of course, because it's Vox and Hops. We have to. Um, have you ever listened to metal in your life? And if you have, which bands would those have been? Okay, so I grew up in the 80s and 90s, right? And... Um, And then uh, I, I listened to all the hard rock and glam rock, and uh, I grew up listening to this. So I, I, my first crush in my life was Sebastian Bach. Yes, the Vox and Hops alumni. Yes, and when so I dropped the episode, <laughs> Patty wrote me immediately. <laughs> <laughs> Had I known Patty, I would have got him to give you a shout out. Yes, and uh, so I did have a poster of him in my room. I used to kiss him every night. <laughs> It's true, absolutely. And then Poison too. I was oh my god. I I would if I was older, I would be a groupie. You know, I would just <laughs> going around <laughs> going after them. Um, so yeah, I love those. I also grew up um, with my father listening to a lot, lots of uh, progressive rock and uh, Pink Floyd, Genesis, and uh, even like um, Rolling Stones. My mom is a Beatles lover. She was, she had a hair just like the Beatles hair. Really? Yeah. So we grew up listening to this at home. <laughs> Uh, and then after we met Tatiana, we didn't talk about her, but before, Tatiana is my partner. That's right, Tatiana, the Vox and Hops alumni, who I met before Teddy that day Yes. at Chambly, and we had a, a nice little chat together. Yeah, so we've been friends for 20 years, and we were, used to work together at the Hard Rock Cafe, so we were... That's right, yes, Listening yes, to Hard yes. Rock all day long, and it's, uh, it's uh, um, a great memory we have, and it's like in our veins too, so... Um, yeah, that's my rock. I love story. it. Sorry. I love it. Let's wrap this up with one last question. It probably never happens to you because you're very in control. You own a brewery. You're around it all day. But every once in a while, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? My hangover cure is um, sweets and a, a lot of water. Sweets? Yeah. Like sweet. candies? Not candies. Um, I don't know if you know Duce de Leche. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like condensed milk uh, uh, cooked cooked condensed milk it's like a Brazilian treat and really? Argentina too so it's desserts let's say I like desserts and lots of water lots of <laughs> absolutely Advil too <laughs> for headaches but uh, that's it that's beautiful thank you so much Patty we're gonna keep hanging out because we're busy working yeah uh, we had a little bit of time between uh, some periods of the brew and uh, we're gonna gotta get back to that so we're gonna keep hanging out with not you guys listening go pick up Vox and Overhops people super stoked about it cheers Patty cheers
Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. I love Patty Rios. I love the people of Overhop Canada. They are honestly just the nicest, warmest, welcoming humans that I have ever met. And uh, I couldn't think of a better brewery to team up with, to make a collaborative brew with for my second anniversary. I am just so stoked and honored and excited about this project. And I just can't say thank you, thank you enough to the Overhop Canada crew. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should absolutely go and subscribe to it on the podcast platform of your choice. But not only that, you should write a review and you can rate the podcast as well. Because if you do that, more people just like you will be able to discover the Vox and Hops podcast. Vox and Hops is brought to you by Sound Talent Media. I have one more episode dropping tomorrow. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. It is now 2024, and the choice is up to you. Do you listen to good podcasts, or do you listen to bad ones? Well, we've got a suggestion for you. How about you listen to a good podcast for the first time in your miserable life? I can think of one. Overnight Drive. Going strong. 11 years now. The podcast about nothing. Your favorite podcast's favorite podcast. Do you enjoy nothing? (laughs) So do we. Why don't you come over and check it out and stop listening to other podcasts. Thank you.